<gasps> that was a fucking big. That's all over my microphone. Micro. Mm. Sorry, you're gonna all hear me wipe off. <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, okay, hold on. What happens if I try to Zorbert a microphone? Should we find out? Give it Zorbert? a go. Here we go. <laughs> Terrible. Isn't that a raspberry? A Zorbert? Zorbert. Zorbert. Is- when, you, when you like blow on somebody's belly like a little baby. What is Zorbert? You- Isn't that a, I thought that was called a little raspberry, blowing raspberries. Well, oh. raspberry is. <laughs> raspberries when somebody sticks their tongue out at you and does makes the fart sound like. I'm going to try to I'm- Zorbert again. That didn't work. No, that just sounded like the microphone slid across your desk. It's trying to escape. <laughs> Welcome to Sick Burn Jane. I didn't say Podlander Drumcast this year. Welcome well to Sick Burn Jane, a Podlander Drumcast podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi. That right there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, today we are we're doing our second, third. Maria solved crossover third, right? Third, I believe, if you count the Podlander drunk cast one, which yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, is number three. This is number three. This is Julie's very funny podcast, Maria Solved. Uh, which you know what, Julie, you give people the rundown. Explain Maria Solved to the folks at home. Okay. Wait, wait, yeah. Were we were we going to hear about a thing that happened? Mm. Oh, yes. Sorry, Julie had a bit. Sorry, yes, Julie. Yeah. I, I sort of do have a bit, so let's back up. I bet you're but wondering how I got here. (laughs) So right before Aaron popped on, sorry, Janine popped on to the video call. I was pulling out my phone to do my favorite thing these days, which is to play a little game of Euchre against myself and against a computer online. And this Euchre app that I have has, it only has ads like once every 10 times I play the game and it's always just a static shot of something so it's like for old people very clearly and today is the best one i ever got i opened it up said start new game and it was a close-up of a hog and it said get your sows in order and it was some kind of farming app and i'm like julie that that is targeted to you specifically that's like they saw this 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 person seems to be someone who would who would buy pig meat directly from a butcher i think it's more like pig feed or pig medicine because it felt like it was for a real farmer like somebody who has lots of sows and i'm like this is big in michigan and wisconsin of course euchre players have pigs (laughs) (laughs) so that like it right when you joined was me looking at the pig like oh my god it was a I, maybe it was viral outlander marketing because it was a white sow. It was a white sow. There you go. They knew. There we go. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, Julie, tell the people about Maria Salt. So Maria Salt, if you haven't checked it out yet, is a podcast where the idea came up with a friend of ours, Brooke Allen, and I decided what would happen if somebody who'd never seen a really famous movie tried to tell you exactly what they thought that movie was. And uh, it turns out it's hilarious results, almost always. And so started a couple of years ago, been kind of on a hiatus, but there are like 30 something episodes if you've never listened to it. It's Maria solved, as in how do you solve a problem like Maria? Because Neil has never seen the sound of music. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to make Aaron. Who? Who? Sorry, Janine, whatever. We're going to make Janine solve Emma. Yeah, so this is Emma solved. This is great. Um, some some important disclosures. Uh, Janine, we'll do our little interview in the for the disclosure will be in the form of a brief interview. Okay. Um, have you seen Clueless? Yes. How long oh, ago? Oh, yeah, last time ago. I saw Clueless was I'd give it more than 10 years. Good. Okay. Have you yeah. seen it more than once? My sister uh, had got had a hernia surgery, and that's this is the only movie she watched during that. So, like during that recovery process, so I have seen it more than once in the background. Like it was okay. like a constant thing that was playing in my house for. Let's over, over let's the course get a sense of exactly how well you know that version of this story. Can you tell me the names of 
any of the main characters. I couldn't do that with a movie I watched last week. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. Like. Um, have you seen any other screen adaptation of Emma? No. Mm-mm. Now you have started the book. Yeah, but that's like, I started the book last winter mm-hmm. and I got to a point, all I know that was happening because I wasn't reading it like, I was reading it like in 30 minutes at a time is that Emma was doing some dastardly like matchmaking and I really didn't understand what the fuck was happening. And I realized that's most of the book. So I fuck, that's, I don't know okay. anything really. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's do this. As a reminder, the reason that we are doing this is that while we've still got um, imbibe and prejudice finale part two to come, uh, once we are officially done with volume one of imbibe and prejudice, we are moving on to Emma, which doesn't have a cutesy drunk name yet, mostly because I don't know. For a while, we talked about it was going to be Ma, but I <laughs> think Emma, Emma. Emma, that's good. Um, we're gonna do, so after this, we're gonna start. Emma, Emma. That's it. God, we are. I love us. That's it. I love love. <laughs> and you know who else does? Emma Woodhouse. Um, mm, rolling with the homies. So to kick it off, as we did with uh, *Imbibe and Prejudice*, we are going to ask Janine here to explain in detail the plot and um, overall vibe of Emma and its and its several cinematic adaptations. Um, so if you're listening, this is not actually Emma. What you're hearing, if you've never read Emma, you are not about to hear an accurate summary of Emma. <laughs> no. Um, unless this in is fact, a, it would like, be really and this is like you did, three chimps at a, at a, at typewriters typing out, eventually they get Hamlet. That's the only situation in which this is going to be accurate. God, wouldn't that be exciting? It's a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Julie, I'm going to let you take the lead on this, but I want to start with something really specific. Get it. All right. So Aaron, go, sorry, who's Aaron? Janine, go ahead and like put on your expert hat. As of right now, we're crossing the veil. You are now an expert on Jane Austen's Emma. Yeah. I've been ready? reading this stuff for months. Right. So <laughs> nonstop. It's actually true though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Question one. Hit me. I just can't remember. I know that as with several of Jane Austen's novels, the first sentence of Emma is very famous and it opens with her name and then three adjectives, but I can't remember a single one of them. So Emma Woodhouse, adjective one was what? Uh, smart. Okay, adjective two was what? Uh, dastardly. Okay, and adjective three was what? Um yeah quick smart dastardly and quick yep that's that's how they describe smart dastardly and quick yeah that's Mm -hmm. how they Um, described emma which is uh true throughout the entire book oh i'm really i'm really looking forward to telling you about how quick dastardly and smart emma was given my ability to be as quick and smart in that moment just now why'd you leave dastardly off the damn list i'm not dastardly I'm fucking Eagle Scout. I can't do anything. Jasper, on the other hand. Jasper, Jasper on the other look hand. At, look at that little fucker. Look at that dastardly gentleman. Look at his rough. Oh my God, he's so He's so cute. cute. Okay, Julie, take her away. Okay. So where do we open? What does it look like? What's well, we, happening? Well, we open in, in the garden of uh, Emma's estate. What's and the name of the estate? The, the estate is called uh, uh, Woodbridge, um, Woodbridge. Woodbridge Manor. Woodbridge Manor. Woodbridge Manor. Um, uh-huh. Actually, sorry, I got confused because I said Woodbridge, but I, because I, I generalized it, it's actually more of an um, an Aspen extender. So it's more like a, a, a yeah, because it was it was an Aspen uh, Aspen Aspen Bridge Aspen Bridge Aspen Bridge uh, Aspen Bridge is the name of the estate. That's the so, name of the estate. Yeah. So yeah. Emma Woodhouse, li- mm-hmm. s- smart, dastardly. And quick, quick lives in Aspen Bridge, Aspen Bridge, the noted manor of Aspen Ridge. And that and Aspen Ridge is the is the stately home um, that uh, on which situates most of the life. And what's the name of her village? Oh, the name of her village is uh, Shirehampton. 
yeah Shirehampton. Shirehampton. um it's we're it's, gonna it's, be getting that's a totally lot of how that naming convention works yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 not the same as uh 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 hampton um inn it's very different from hampton inn it's Shirehampton. okay okay yeah. great this is gonna so be great. we open in the garden of Aspen Bridge. I'm sorry, Aspen Bridge or Aspen Ridge? Oh, bridge, because it's very functional. It's a very functional place. Like, yeah. Aspen Bridge. We open in the beautiful lush gardens. Who's there? Uh, well, she's actually by herself. She's uh, reading a letter, uh, considering uh, a correspondence that she's having uh, with a young suitor, because she's actually, uh, uh, actually, he's he's not so young, but he's not so old. It's kind of a mid, mid-range mid suitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that she's trying to figure out if he likes her, but she certainly doesn't like him, which is all I could really tell from this engagement, right? Because it's very early on in her story. Okay, so she's mm-hmm. reading a letter from a potential suitor who's somewhere in middle age. Somewhere in middle age. Somewhere and, in and middle he's, age. And he gets a thumbs down from her. She he would get, be she, swiping left. Well, so she would swipe left on on uh, this suitor um, for herself, but that's not that's not really her game. She's actually considering like, is he a good match for somebody else? Okay. But oh. the letter is very confusing because he's obviously interested in Emma Woodhouse. So it's very like there's already some some dastardliness okay. things happening. Here. And and what's this, what is this gentleman's name? Oh, his his name is uh, 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 Mr. Redman. Mr. Redman. Okay. Mr. Redman. Yeah, Mr. Redman, Mr. Redman. Um, is there anything in particular that sparked her interest in matchmaking? Any sort of like event or occurrence in her life that made her think, you know what I'm good at? Hooking people up. Well, so uh, she, uh, she saw... Uh, a moment once in some of the house staff, she was actually able to connect a, um, I believe it was like a, a stable servant with a, a house servant. And so she, and like, she did that at a very young age. She's a prodigy, of course, quick, <laughs> dashly and smart. Right. Um, and so she made that happen and was like, listen, I gotta, I, I could fucking make this work. Right. That this is something I'm really good at. And you know what? I'm bored all the fucking time, bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. And so she Tell just, me why she's so bored. Well, cause she's an only child and she's trying very, very hard to, and like, she had a friend who lived next door, but then they got married, uh, which was partly that's like, cause like this first servant connection that happened very early on in her career. But then this other marriage was something that she helped, but it wasn't necessarily one that she liked. Cause once oh. the marriage happened, she was pissed mm-hmm. off. She was like, now my fucking friend's gone. I've made a mistake. Oh, right? so she hooked up one of her friends that was actually on her staff somehow. Well, yeah, they it's somehow on the staff, like lit, like, but not, not so much uh servant level, but more like the same uh echelon of society to a certain extent. No specific role. Uh, well, I think she was a scribe. She was there, there was a she was a scribe, <laughs> okay. uh, which is very concerning because I, th- I imagine she wrote a lot of the letter letters that Emma's been reading. Mm, okay. Ooh. Very so in like a like a Cyrano situation, like a Cyrano situation, but th- she's not actually. But like Emma's the one writing them, but like with the voice. But this other person is just writing them because Emma right. Emma doesn't write. She's she's from a she's very well to do. She's family. too quick, dastardly, mm-hmm. and smart, smart for that. She yeah, just she makes somebody else do okay. it for her. Yeah. What's this? I mean, fucking what is beginning this of capitalism, name? right? Mm-hmm. This friend's name uh, was um, her married name. Sorry, what's her married name? Her married name is uh, Victoria uh, Fansley. 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 Mrs. Fansley. Great. Mrs. Fansley. Mm-hmm. And um, did she move far away, or is she still in the in the neighborhood of uh, Aspen, Aspen Bridge? Aspen, Aspen no, Bridge. Aspen Bridge is the house. Hampton Shire. Shire. Shire Hampton. Shire Hampton. No, uh, I know these. This is why Emma's very hard to read because it's very confusing. <laughs> uh nothing makes sense so uh uh, she actually lives in the uh town over which is hampton inn so that's why we had to make a very clever like understanding that these are two different places right and yeah is the hampton inn like known on the continent for for its breakfast (laughs) oh but it is very well you known. You might say that it has a continental 
breakfast. Well, but pastries they, and juice. They do have a very continental uh, kind of marketplace where they sell pigs and bacon and and sometimes blankets. So, so is it a place where you could perchance get your sows in order? Potentially, and maybe right. find and maybe find a way to be better. Wow, you maybe find a way to hold on, hold on <laughs> to be better. Yeah, I'm glad you found that book. I I've, did. It was I, in my pile of author copies. Listener, uh, if, <laughs> if this doesn't make it onto Instagram as like a little video clip or something, you have no idea what just happened. So uh, uh, Janine informed me recently that while I did in the course of a of a crowdcast at some point, um, tipsily autograph my book for Janine, my book, How TV Can Make You Smarter, published by Chronicle Books, available wherever your fine books are sold. You're fancy. Order early for the holidays. Um, yes. Uh, I then apparently put it, drunkenly put it back in my stuff, <laughs> my pack of author copies. Um, and it just sat there. So, so I found it, he informed me of that. And so I found it the other day and it says, be, there's, there's a blanket that says be better. Which is a callback from the, um, last, the Pride and Prejudice. The Pride solve. and Prejudice solve, the PP solve. PP solve. PP solve. Yeah, when I solved PPs. Okay. Which, mm-hmm. So you lot. can buy, uh, you can tend to your sows and buy a be better blanket. But yeah. that's at Hampton Inn. But yeah. That's at Hampton Inn. That's not what Shire Hampton's known for. What's Shire Hampton known for? Shire Hampton's known for, um, they're kind of at odds because they sell uh, not so much livestock because they're higher on, up on the echelon than Hampton Inn is. Uh, so they sell uh, horse flesh, right? They sell horses. Oh, um, trading in horses. Yeah, trading in horses and turnips, which is a very odd choice, but it's very <laughs> specific. They sell, they sell the best turnips in the land. Mm. You yeah. know what? Coincidentally, I ate a delicious turnip this evening and it was the best. I, I wonder if I love a turnip. Grown I also love Cher a Hampton. parsnip. Parsnips. We need to eat more parsnips. Agreed. They're very good. Okay. So we left Emma sitting on the bench in the garden, looking over her letter from Mr. Redmond. Mr. Redmond. Mm-hmm. And Question. shaking her head. Like yeah, she's, she's, she's preparing to swipe left, but also yes. scheming. Yes. Um, does she live with anyone currently? Uh, yeah. Presumably she has a coterie of servants, but in addition to her, her servants, yeah, um, she, is there anyone else in her house? Yeah. She lives with her father. Okay. Um, What's and, he like? uh, he's really gregarious. Uh, I think she's tried to like, uh, get him married at some point. Cause, cause he's actually a widow, a widower, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's tried to actually match make him trouble is he's a little old, little portly, and as much as she loves her dad, she's like, I don't got a lot to work with. So <laughs> she, um, it just hasn't worked as well. Don't um, have a lot to work with except this vast fortune. Yeah. Well, vast fortune. She's like, that does a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she, and that can work really well. Um, but you know, I think she, she wants her, she wants her dad to marry for love. Right. Okay. So she doesn't have that opinion about most things, but like in this scenario, that's okay. she, she wants her dad to marry for love. So does she have any thoughts about matrimony for herself? Is that something she's looking for down the road? Is she planning to, to stick with her father or is she, is she casting an eye for a, for a comely lad with a fine fortune and a knack for evaluating horse flesh and well, an enormous so- wiener? Yeah. Well, and here's some a, weak semen. Mm-hmm. Well, so the thing is, you know, Emma, she's a matchmaker in Regency time. She gets it. She knows that she's only got so much time, right? Like eventually she, she's going to be like inherent uh, her dad's fortune because she's an only child. And so like, that's all going to happen, but she knows she's going to have to figure out this, this at some point. So really what she's on the look for are all those things in a suitor, but someone she can manipulate and someone that she can control the house on, right? Because she's the fucking master of own, her own domain. She doesn't want to be fucking bossed around by some dickhole so she's really keeping an eye out for the right mix of you know big dick energy money good looks but not the brightest uh uh crown so she's looking for a mr bingley she's looking for a mr bingley right she wants a a sexy golden retriever she wants Mm -hmm. a sexy golden retriever with With a huge wang with a huge (laughs) Huge wang yes and four thousand a year. <laughs> okay, so she is knows she has to get married. Is not really excited about it though, because frankly, she's pretty set 
she's she's got a she's yeah she's fleet she knows what's up she's good and she's, she's like, looking at this letter from Mr. Redmond. Does she start thinking of anyone? I yeah, mean, so, so she's actually made a friend who lives in um, uh, Shirehampton, not Hampton Inn, because she learned her lesson. She's not going to send somebody to another town. That was her friend she lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's another uh, a, a younger girl. Uh, I think she's younger than Emma. And she's trying to set her up with this middle-aged man, Mr. Met, Mr. Redmond. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... The challenge that she's finding, though, is that so her this other this other girl, her name, yeah, she call her she's a girl, barely a woman, kind of thing. Uh, her name is um, uh, uh, Ashley Blue Ladder. Okay, mm-hmm. of course, yes, of the, mm-hmm. of the famous Blue Ladder Clan. Of the famous Blue Ladder Clan. Um, where is she in the social stratosphere? Is she is she ranked pretty evenly with Emma? Or is she higher, lower? Uh, she's a little lower than Emma, which is actually why uh, she thinks that she can get her matched up with Mr. Redmond, because Mr. Redmond is actually on par with where Emma's at. Mm-hmm. And so because this younger uh, Ashley Blue Ladder uh, is, you know, you know, she is a, of a lower station of a lower station, but um, she's still a catch, young, still a catch. pretty, charming, yeah. all mm-hmm. that stuff, okay. all that stuff, because we're in Regency. And this does is what Mr. we do. Redmond have. Um, does he have a job? A job? Like, does he have a, or is or he, landed. is he landed gentry or is he? No, he, he, he has a role? job. He, yeah, no, he has a job. He actually uh, uh, owns uh, where most of the horse flesh comes from. Mm, okay. So, so he's yeah. loaded. He's loaded, mm-hmm. right. right. He's But like, you, you know, he still works for uh, the Woodhouses, you know, um, because they're the landed gentry of the, of the area. Mm, um, okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Does Emma have any other significant people in her life? Well, there's the- Let me ask this. If Mr. Redman is is not the love interest- No. Mm -hmm. This is a Jane Austen novel, so she must have a love interest of some kind. Do you have any idea who it is? I don't want to spoil the ending, but- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so her love interest is actually this person she's known for a very long time. His his profession is uh, he sells horses on the road. So he's- not a, a traveling cow- salesman. He's a traveling salesman uh, in Regency times, selling the wares of horse flesh. But he's actually done quite well for himself. Uh, he does come from a very good family as well, so he also has um, he he has a, a dow. What, what, uh, I don't know exactly the number, but what's the not a dowry, but the uh, he has a, a thing a year. He has like income, you know, income, income. In- income in Regency times. So fucking weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he, so he he's well off, but he he comes in back into town every now and then. Um, uh, and he uh, at the start, his name is um, uh, uh, Byron uh, um, Byron Orange Top. Byron Orange Top is the love interest in Jane Austen's Emma. Mm-hmm. Byron. Hey orange top does yes. emma is emma actively in love with him does she no. what is her view on him no on, on byron orange top her view on him is one what a weird fucking name she's like am i gonna be <laughs> mr orange top my children cannot be named orange <laughs> Absolutely top. Not. like that is a legit thing she's talking about i mean she's also saying that about mr redmond like she has a thing for colors she's like fuck that i don't want to deal with colors i like shall that. be single forever for yeah. no child of my loins shall bear a name with a color in it yeah she's very weird about this um but the other part too is that you know he's he's too smart right like she wants someone with that big dick energy who's like very well off but also a little bit dumb he is not dumb and in fact kind of does the the kind of a a toe-to-toe riposte kind of fencing thing with her uh as far as the language barbs and actually knows how to walk away from her like she is very very good at kind of getting people to do what she wants or starting to fight and kind of seeing the drama happen because she's bored and she's like why not uh and he's very good at just going at seeing that bullshit and going ah, no and then walking away not even giving her the satisfaction so for her she's she like, drives the women crazy well and you know she doesn't fucking like it she's annoyed so um remind me of friend's name sorry we have lots of friends young female friend who she wants to hook up with mr redmond ashley blue ladder ashley blue ladder miss blue ladder yeah because um, uh, blue and red miss make purple blue ladder yeah um so Miss Blue Ladder uh, mm-hmm. is a, is a, obviously a very important role, I'm assuming. 
Um, do you have any recollection of um, of the of the famous line that Ashley Blue Ladder's contemporary equivalent says in Clueless? Uh, uh, yes, uh, she says, um, uh, oh, rolling with my homies. You know what? She does. <laughs> she does. That's actually, she does say that, but that's not what we were going for. That's, that's not the one uh, we were going for, but you did get that right. That's You're that eliminated. Is, that, we just, uh, we just stumbled onto the monkey typing well, to be or not to be. <laughs> well, you already said it one time earlier and I was like, I heard that clueless reference. <laughs> the fucking, I love, man, Brittany Murphy, RIP, man. She yeah. was adorable in that fucking film and she only got Perfectly cast in that Perfectly part. cast. Yeah. She did so Perfectly. good. Oh. But uh, the other thing that she said was, uh, love is love and all I want is to love. So please just back off. Famously. And it's Famously. weird because that's, isn't that a direct quote from Austin as well? Yes. yes. Yeah. So back off. Back off. It was the so first known off. usage in the English language of the term, the phrase back off. Yeah. And most people me, were confirmed. Leave me alone. Were, yeah. And they were, most people were very confused because they were like, back off. You can't take Wait. a back off. Like it was very literal at the time. Back, we didn't, what? back to yeah. what? Ahead back of her time future? as always. Yes, always. Truly. So where am I going right. next? What else? So we on? haven't, we have, we're still kind of interior in, in Emma's mind because we, she hasn't really moved anywhere, right? She, we've just been asking you questions about this letter. Yeah. Well, you know, so she's read this letter. We've kind of get, got the setup. And actually this is a little why the book is, is, is a little inaccessible for people because there's a lot of internal dialogue happening for Emma because she's, she's, you know, has her machinations going on. She's, she's really trying to set people up. She's um, sometimes looking out for people, but most of the time looking out for her entertainment, which is like a weird kind of, I I feel like we do resolve that issue at some point. Right. But like, she's very kind of a selfish person at the beginning of this book. Right. Um, And so we have a hard time really knowing what's, actually the angle she's taking because she's considering all the things very economist mind lots and lots of trade-offs she's considering hmm. mm-hmm. yeah famously you know is this is really true of of all of the great works of fiction the mm-hmm. more insight that you have directly into the protagonist's mind the less accessible the book is yes this because- is 100 why the game of thrones books tanked so hard too much point of view too much point of view too it's very it's really weird it's like Everyone knows Moby Dick is a classic, but it would have been so much better if the first line of the book was, the man said to himself, call me Ishmael. Ishmael. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. As opposed to just saying call me, because when he just says, call me Ishmael, I mean, that would be how tacky I'm lost. I'm so confused. We don't understand, right? Like you have to have a, a really narrow point of view for a book to make sense. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah you need it needs to be um you need to be as far removed from the protagonist as possible mm-hmm. little to no insight into their worldview absolutely and what they think of things but totally. make sure to be really detailed when you're talking about uh the sewers of paris victor hugo yes i mm-hmm. prefer an omniscient but fallible narrator <laughs> i mean <laughs> all right anyway. so let's get back to this fast forward because we've taken too much time in the setup, which I completely understand that critique of the book. (laughs) So what what are the goals of her? What happens with her machinations? Like she's trying to hook up uh, Miss Blue Lada and Mr. Redmond. What happens there? Like what's the big climactic scene between those two? Well, the challenge is that... Mm-hmm. He like ran away. Like somehow he heard you in, in the mic headphones. He's like Emma, no, no. Uh, so, uh, so Mr. Redman and Ashley Blue Ladder—they're actually not—they're not a very good match. Um, like they are both—they're both good people, and they both are interested in each other. Um, but we find through the interactions, just like they're just not a good match. There's there's a generational divide that's hard to get over. Um, you know, uh, they don't like the same type of music. It's just like, it's, it's what very- is Mr. Redmond's type of music? Like what's his favorite? Well, so his favorite type of music tends to be, um, things that involve a harpsichord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Ashley Blue Ladder's type of music is much more visceral, right? Trap much, house, right? Yeah, totally. Dubstep. Trap, dubstep, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, house music. 
um, you know, so like parlor music versus house music. Yeah, totally. Parlor versus house music. You nail it on the head. Um, so I'm get those crazy kids a remix. <laughs> so they, uh, so they, uh, they just don't see eye to eye. They don't see eye to eye, and it's and and you know it causes a lot of friction because they're confused because Emma's pushing them both so hard to be interested in each other. Um, so Ashley Blue Ladder uh, actually has a younger, more appropriate match that is still above her station, like would still elevate her and, and all the stuff, but like, it isn't the thing that Emma thought was good necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mr. Redman, you know, he's actually, he didn't, he was interested in Emma because he's a, he's like a businessman, right? Like he's, he owns he's not a, a businessman. He's a businessman. Business man. He's an, he is a business. Let him man. handle his business. Dang. Yeah. I mean, he sells horse flesh. Like that's his By thing. The seashore. Yeah. I've been waiting for that joke for like five minutes. <laughs> so he, uh, so, but, and he's also like, he, uh, he's at a point in his life where he's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't need a wife. I'm fine. And so that like he was kind of like i don't know i'm not i'm okay and ashley blue letter was like i don't know i don't think this is a great thing but emma was pushing it so hard so the the main climax between this relationship is um the uh uh, uh miss blue ladder and mr redman coming to to actually talk to each other and realizing that yeah we're just not the right fit and then emma kind of realizing that you know she wasted a lot of their time trying to make this thing happen so she um, learned something she learned a little bit of something right um didn't take her completely off of her desires to match make right but uh she starts to, there's a crack in the wall, right? Of like, maybe this isn't the best thing. I shouldn't maybe do this. Maybe, maybe. Speaking maybe. of crack in the wall, how does the guy get in there? The uh, um, uh, uh, Byron Orange Top? Yes. Yeah. Well, so he's kind of in and out of this because uh, mm-hmm. he obviously sells horse flesh. He actually uh, has- he's on the road. He's on the road. Traveling salesman. Yeah, traveling salesman of sorts. And like- Willie Lohman of horse flesh. mm -hmm, Yeah. And uh, so they, uh, I'm not quick enough like Emma to make a death of the salesman joke. Um, I'm disappointed in myself. That's okay. It's not funny. (laughs) Yeah. Dustin Hoffman. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, So- um, so he's in and out a lot, um, but the thing that's interesting about um, the in and out portion of his stories, like when he's there, is that he's in and out a lot, right? And then he's in and he spends time in the story, then he gets out and really enjoys kind of like the outer realm here, right? But he then gets back in and he uh, enjoys his time in there and then he comes back out uh, and then you know takes, takes his time out. Um, and so in and out and in and out yeah it's Mm -hmm. very how in does he go though that's what i want to know how into the story does he go like full all the way into the story like right up to the hilt into the story Mm -hmm. or like just the tip of the story no he he's never teasing with the tip of the story right like he really gets in there deep right he's like elbow deep He's elbow story. deep. And in fact, like he, uh, I, he even goes as far to, um, you know, put his back into it, you know, like he, he really is, is engaged with Emma as a person and, uh, and, you know, the growth of her, of her, um, of her personhood into whom she's going to be. And he has a vested interest in her finding the, you know, the right partner for her, right? It's not just about matchmaking, about connecting houses, right? It's much more about um, the nitty gritty of love. Um, And this guy is uh, someone likes to come into the story and- Uh um, Um, that's the one that broke me. <laughs> uh, that wasn't even good. I, uh, but that broke me. Um, and leave his, leave his mark or, uh, you know, he really likes to leave his mark. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, really likes to, anyway. So when he does, uh, visit Emma, um, he's usually commenting on what she's doing to Ashley blue ladder and to Mr. Redman, uh, saying, Hey, you should really get out of their business. You know, like, it's not like, these things will happen when they happen. Um, and Emma's mostly dismissive of him, right? 
right? Like mostly like, you don't know what you're talking about. Get back on the road, go sell that horse flesh, right? Like back get off, it, back off, you know? Um, but uh, about the time where Ashley Blue Ladder and Mr. Redmond's relationship starts to fall apart, this is when um, uh, uh, Byron Orange Top really kind of sets the tone because underneath all of this, I don't know if, if, if it's very apparent, but this is where we get a little bit more insight that we were hoping for. That's not too much, but just enough of not having insight where he says that, um, you know, I, I don't have to come back to Shire Hampton. I come back to see you. Oh, like, I don't need to come back to this place. And you're focused so much on these two people who don't care about this relationship, about that growing. And you aren't even think, looking at the thing right in front of you. Yeah. So I, I have a question about the, the matchmaking. Sure. With, with the blue ladder. Um, Redmond. Redmond, sorry, orange top, blue ladder, Redmond. With the Very, Redmond it's, I know it's Blue a lot. Ladder potential pairing, mm -hmm. do they both realize that Emma is setting them up? Are they both in on it? Uh, Redmond gets it because Redmond is uh, like part of the reason that Emma wasn't into Redmond is that he's actually he's not a dumb dude. He's actually quite smart. Mm. Um, and she, I, I keep forgetting that she likes him stupid. Mm -hmm. You guys hear Jasper in the background? Yeah, I, I did hear a little, little yeah. He sees. He's saying. He's yep. <laughs> no, he's he's saying come over to the uh, uh, cat across the way. Oh my god, he has a friend. He does have a friend. Oh, that's adorable. That's very cute. Where was I? So, uh, so did they know? So, Mister Redman isn't a dummy. Um, and so Mister so Redman, he gets it. He understands what's going on. Ashley Blue Letter also isn't a dummy, but her she's got a lot more emotional intelligence, and so she can feel the fact that it doesn't feel like a genuine friendship that uh, uh, Emma's offering. Um, and so between those two, uh, you know, Ashley's trying hard to, in good faith, you know, approach Mr. Redman, uh, but she's much more interested in this other guy. And Mr. Redman can tell, can see that because he's no dummy. And so he kind of motivates the energy mm -hmm. in a different direction. So that doesn't work out. What does Mr. Redman do after that? Uh, he just goes back to selling horse flesh because really he was fucking happy selling horse flesh. He was like, listen, I would really like to. Uh, Wait, he's really going for it. Now. He really is. And I'm surprised he's doing that when I'm in the room. Normally he does that when I'm like out of the room. But he's like. <laughs> Listen to him. He just wants to meet that other cat so much or kill the other cat. So I don't know. I, he doesn't seem like much of a killer, but maybe he has. Maybe he is dastardly. I gotta, I gotta I tell you one thing, um, Janine, mm. that you need to, I need you to reconcile yourself with this. Mm. I know you love Jasper. I love Jasper, but all cats are killers. <laughs> oh no, I watched him catch a baby mouse and then <gasps> kill it in front of me. He's good at it. <laughs> My godson, I'm so proud. Yeah. The first in the, test has been in, passed. In the other apartment, not this apartment. This yeah. apartment we don't have mice, but uh, he likes to anyway, play with bugs. Anyway, so, uh, so Redmond out. Redmond out. Uh, Ashley Blue Letter is now, you know, she and it's fine. She's moved on to her actual love. Single and ready to mingle with Single, this other gentleman. Yeah, but the thing is, Emma doesn't want that to happen, which is a little, it's like a little bit like, yo, come on love is love and let me love and back off. Right. Like right? that's, yeah. that's yeah. as Brittany Mar Murphy famously said in clueless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Famously. Um, and what, uh, Ashley blue letter eventually says, because she catches up, right. She's, she gets it. Like, why are you getting my way? So that was Brittany Murphy's line, Ashley blue letters line, which was inspired, which inspired that love was, uh, that line was, uh, uh, um, uh, love my love and I love your love then love to love is to be back off <laughs> it's really I mean wow did oh, she have a way with words Jane Austen poetry oh, man just, and yeah. she was always just sitting by the fire writing this shit down you know nobody incredible. knew what she was doing no. she was just she fucking just... cranking out incredible works of English literature yeah and uh, that was one of them right there what is that <laughs> what's the name of of uh Ashley Blue Letter's true love interest 
Oh, I don't think we've we've defined his name yet. So yeah, well, uh, that, his, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't know anything about Emma, and you know everything about Emma. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, 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 his name is uh, uh, Joseph Clawhammer. Joseph Clawhammer, <laughs> pretty heavy. Yeah. And is um, he from Shire Hampton or Hampton Inn? He's actually from Hampton Inn, which might have oh. been why mm. Emma wasn't into it because Emma wanted I to keep see. her friends around, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's of a lesser status. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he comes from a pig farming community. And um, uh, I don't believe he sells pigs, though. Well, let me remember. He actually sold pig blankets. So they sell blankets and pigs, but he specifically sold pig blankets. So he actually okay, found okay. a nice niche for his mar- market. Okay, so he tells he sells blankets for pigs. Yes. Does he mm-hmm. also sell pastry dough to wrap around hot dogs? <laughs> I have to know this. No, he's not a baker. <laughs> oh, okay. That's too bad. Missed opportunity. Business idea for anybody out there who wants to start something up. Interestingly, sell blankets for pigs and pigs in blankets. Interestingly, this uh, in the because uh, you know I am an expert on this book yeah. and all things Emma. Uh, there, this was actually at the time just before Pigs in a Blanket, the food were actually created. Like and sausage wrapped in dough, it really inspired. It wasn't it? A, it, it, yeah. Well, like yeah, the fact that um, Clawhammer actually put blankets on pigs, people were like, "Yo, that makes it look more comfortable and more delicious." So, so is Clawhammer like the Aiden? of emma is that why he was popular enough to start pigs and blankets in his town yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so everybody wants her to get with this guy but for some reason emma just can't see it emma's just not in on it and it's mostly because he's from a different town right so it's not like it's i have one more question though uh yeah. janine um w- the reference that julie just made i don't get that reference but i'm sure you do when she says is he the aiden what is she talking about oh she's talking about the uh the clueless reference his name is this um um this he is uh because we're you know it's easier to talk about clueless because that's a very contemporary example right um so aiden is uh the guy that takes care of Brittany murphy when she hits her head on that lamp on the counter and so and then teaches her uh rolling with the homies and he's a very popular dude everyone everyone likes him yeah yep it's 100% correct. 100 totally. Scary how accurate that is. Correct. This is my dream. Living the dream. So Aiden okay. <laughs> teaches Brittany Murphy rolling with the homies. Yes. And, but, but Mr. Clawhammer. Clawhammer. Clan, he Clawhammer. just sells blankets for pigs. Yeah, which is much more pigs. Oh, Jasper Tail. Mm-hmm. So okay. do... Miss <laughs> Blue Ladder Christ. and Mr. Clawhammer end up together? Uh yeah, they do. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Uh the majority of their storyline for this book, uh after you know uh, Blue Ladder and Redmond part ways, is them reconciling the challenge like Miss Blue Ladder, like uh, Clawhammer had been there the entire time and been courting Blue, uh, Blue Ladder, but Blue Ladder was being kind of wishy-washy, right? At the advice of Emma. So they had, that was like the next part of the story is about them reconciling that, right? Where mm-hmm. Ashley is now looking to Clawhammer to say, hey, listen, you know, you are the one for me. You are the homie I would like to roll with. Nice. And uh, and oh, Clawhammer kind of being there like, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know, like you might, uh, like you, you've been so kind of, uh, you've been a, uh, a wayward, nope, I'm not saying that, I don't like it, he didn't say this, uh, he implied, uh, he made a lot of sow jokes, and um, he implied that you might be a wayward sow, but he never said that, because that would be very offensive, he didn't do that, claw but hammer, claw hammer, claw hammer. doesn't have a way with words, let's say that, okay. Uh, okay. I really resonate with claw hammer. Plus his feelings are probably pretty hurt. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's, he's been trying, you know, but mm-hmm. so that's what the majority of the story is uh, after that point. For but this. they so, do end up together. They do end up together. Right. Uh, so yeah. I know um, me, a person who has never read Emma or seen any of its film adaptations, I oh, still absolutely. am somehow aware that um, the story is affected pretty strongly by, um, by two people who come to town, mm-hmm. come to Shire Hampton. Yeah. Um, 
who are the, who are those people? So they're um, they're actually uh, uh, um, representatives from the uh, pig slaughterhouse from Hampton Inn, oh. uh, and so they are they're really divisive, right? Uh, at this point in time, and even now, culturally, we don't eat horse flesh, right? Like that's what, like as Europeans, that's not necessarily something we do. They came to town to try to open up a ha- a horse uh, slaughterhouse. What? They were trying to start a whole new market. They were like, listen, horse is good. And so one, they were like Shire Hampton was up in arms about this because they were like, and not just Shire Hampton, because then that was also showing like a bad side to Hampton Inn. So Hampton Inn wasn't even in on it. Like these people were, were devious and outsiders, outsiders, right? Possibly even aliens. If we really want to just take a real inside look, because I mean, who eats horses, right? in this time period, we feel like it's so outside. Right. But you know, other cultures do this. It's just about, you know, and it's meat. Uh, there's a whole commentary around meat and, and like, how do we process, like, what do we eat and whatnot? But- yeah. I mean, Emma is famously a book about um, consumption and, um, and um, vegetarianism. It, it, and- well, it, I mean, it, it's a precursor to the jungle as far as like conditions in, uh, oh, yeah. in, in, in meat packing houses go and slaughterhouses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, huge, so we get a huge part of the Regency. Yeah. We get yes. some real like intense looks inside the pig slaughterhouses here in Emma. Well, not intense, but enough to know that we should get one, which is why, uh, you know, um, uh, the jungle was eventually written, right. Because mm-hmm. of things that, pa- that paved the way, like Jane Austen with Emma, you know, Oh, Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I took a course in that. Mm-hmm. I... So, how do the outsiders get rebuffed? Like, how does that plot point wrap up? Uh, so, um, they, uh, so they, they're try- basically trying to create this new market. Um, they're bringing it to Shire Hampton. And um, uh, so, uh, Emma's dad, Mr. Woodhouse, he uh, actually is kind of the one uh, bringing up how this is going to be really bad for the town and we shouldn't do this. Um, and But he was also trying to maintain business relationships, right? Like understanding that this is a connection to, to Hampton Inn. And, and, and at this point in the story, we actually don't know that Hampton Inn isn't down with this. So these, these two people are actually representing Hampton, misrepresenting Hampton Inn's desires. Um, and so Shire Hampton, and since, uh, Mr. Woodbridge is, uh, Woodhouse is the representative, uh, for Shire Hampton, um, trying to maintain these relationships. And what really ended up happening was Emma in the process of being around her father and hearing these two people um, talk about their plans because Emma's also like, Emma's very observant because she's super quick, super dastardly, super smart, right? So she re- she understands one subtext between relationships, but also um, what's said between the lines. And so she started to get the vibe that Hampton Inn didn't support these two people, right? And so the, the real break in this relationship was when these two people suddenly showed their cards to say that they were actually moving to town, not for this horse flesh business. They actually realized it wasn't gonna be good. They actually were moving into this town to try and start up their own matchmaking service. Muscling in on her territory? Muscling in on her territory. And uh, because these were two men, and like they were basically wa- walking in with this fucking patriotic bullshit saying, hey, we can own this market. We're going to make this work. And Emma was like, well, fuck you. And she exposed them to her father and the rest of Shire Hampton and simultaneously actually improved the relationships between Shire Hampton and Hampton Inn because they, these two people were found out to be frauds. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a it was a lot. And is this what brings old uh, Orange Top around? Yeah, because Orange Top was um, actually, uh, so he was confused because he goes between these two towns and he didn't understand what was going on. Um, But when he saw Emma take it upon herself to really uh, um, 
well, one, expose these two people, but also do it for the betterment of a community beyond herself. Granted, he gave her some hardcore shit. He was like, listen, I know it's because you just want to keep being a matchmaker, right? You didn't want these two people. But like she had grown beyond just mm. wanting to be a matchmaker, just wanting to you know, meddle in other people's lives. She'd grown to be a, a community leader and someone who seemed to care. And that's where Orange Top comes in and uh, says, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, they... And did, did like, did, did they hook up or? Yeah, they hook up. Okay. So they hook up, um, they hook up in a great way. So here's actually the scene. Oh yes, please tell me. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh, the scene is, um, uh, so in Shirehampton, uh, the way the town is organized is you have Aspen Bridge uh, is kind of on this, uh, is near a ridge. It's, it is a missed opportunity to not call it Aspen Bridge, but whatever. Because um, okay. there actually isn't a bridge to get to it. It's very weird. So uh, Aspen, Ridge, Aspen Bridge is on a ridge uh, looking over the town that has, uh, you know, these uh, horse plant, uh, like pins and all of the jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, what you see is um, you kind of have this, you know, um, Jane Austen did a great job of painting this, this image, right, as she's writing this. So the sun is setting behind Aspen Bridge on the ridge as Emma walks down the uh, path, and you see the, you know, the light hit her hair, and um, uh, Byron Orange Top uh, rides up the path um up the up the ridge to see her and you see him like you know bouncing like riding in in the sun uh with his uh he has dark hair that's long that goes to you know uh just beneath his ears and the light is uh like lighting it up and as he uh approaches emma he dismounts the horse that can keeps running on self parks itself there's a word for it but i don't know exactly but it's like an automated car almost self parks itself and as he lands on the ground he takes her in his arms and says i see you and you see me and i'm so glad to be here how romantic it was very is that where we close uh well there is some falling action uh okay Okay. yeah the falling action is that uh those two dastardly individuals are uh chased out of town um they are met they are forced to um squeal like pigs and they're chased out of town by uh, the rest of the town riding horses and whipping them on their butts. Damn. Um, and that got uh, rough. Yeah, it got wow, rough. Wow, this took a dark turn. Yeah, Jane Austen likes it tough. Um, and then what was very coded at the time, right? But it, it like we can see that there is a, a knowledge of uh, more than just the heteronormative perspective of relationships that comes through Jane Austen's writings, where as that's happening and the town is chasing um, those two people out, um, uh, Emma turns to uh, Byron and says, I have some reins as well. And the book ends. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I have some specific questions for you. Sure. Yeah. I, I know we got, we gave a big summary, so we might've glossed over some stuff. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm looking, I, I just want to understand some of the, um, the, the touchstones in the story that I, a person who has never seen or read Emma know nothing about, sure. which you and Emma expert know everything about. Absolutely. So, um, I know there's a really famous scene where Emma does something that she doesn't realize is cruel until it comes out of her mouth. But I, but I can't remember who she says it to or what she says. Can you, can you tell me what yeah, it is? So that's actually the Ashley Blue Ladder. Okay. And uh, it's when um, Ashley Blue Ladder is trying to communicate her, her love for Mr. Clawhammer and, um, uh, and doesn't want to continue it towards Redmond. Or like she's questioning, she's like, why are you pushing me towards Redmond? I don't understand. And uh, Emma says, listen, um, uh, you will never have it as good as on top of Redmond. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, wow. And she, and in that moment, she realized one very forward and very <laughs> like, like in polite society, maybe you shouldn't say that to people. Maybe. Um, but uh, also it realized that she realized like, she was like, well, why, why am I trying to make her Mount Redmond? Right? Like I don't, 
like, what is the purpose of this? Because Ashley was quite hurt because she doesn't see herself as just this person to be, um, you know, cresting a mountain of sorts, right? Like it's to, she is a person who wants to have more in her life. And Mm -hmm. Emma only viewed her as a vessel for her entertainment. And that was something that was very hard uh, in that relationship at that time. Brutal, brutal. Um, good. That's good. Okay. Uh, also, I know that at some point in the story, Emma gets really taken in by one of the other characters. She's, that doesn't mean that she's not quick and smart and dastardly, but she gets the wool pulled over her eyes by, by a, a, a ne'er-do-well. Um, and I don't remember who that is or, or how that happens. Can you refresh me? Well, it was one of the, the uh, uh, people from uh, Hampton Inn who was trying to sell, trying to create the horse flesh thing, but then turned out to be the matchmaking. Because what actually, what happened was that, um, you know, they were spending so much time at the, uh, at Aspen Bridge that uh, she got to know them. And one of them was kind of saddling up to her and saying, hey, listen, so if we, you know, like, what's up, you know, this is me, uh, you know, you down. And she was like, I don't, I'm down. What do you mean? Because that language wasn't really used at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jane Austen, so ahead of her time. Yeah. And so uh, what she, what she thought was happening was that she thought this person was propositioning her for like, you know, marriage or something like that wasn't for polite society. But then she realized that this person was actually trying to steal all of her contacts (laughs) in matchmaking. Oh, hey, of course, because that that's what, they're, that's what they were trying to do. Well, um, so she was really taken in. She was actually going to start going, going to bat for this person to her dad. Um, like she was about to like make this horse flesh slaughterhouse happen. Um, and then realized that it was all a ruse and uh, took him down fucking hard. You know, wow. Dang. Yeah. wow. Julie, mm-hmm. do you have any questions? No, not any. I'm ready to get to the judgment. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So Maria solves when we do it. We always judge people on a blank out of blank Von Trapp scale because who knows how many Von Trapp children there are. But yeah. today we're not going to do that. Oh, I'm going to say that, first of all, I think due to your sister's hernia surgery and recovery, you know way more about it than you think you do. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that you got the the horse flesh. Yeah, that um, you factory got- is that's that it was all about stealing the matchmaking business and her contacts. Incredible. Yeah, it's really weird. That's exactly not, what happens. Did not expect that. Come on. So <laughs> guesses that a person wants to start a matchmaking company slash horse slaughterhouse. What an idea. A big dick energy. No guy. wonder Emma. you've got that fancy <laughs> girl economics. I mean, dastardly is in that first line for a reason. For a, for a reason. <laughs> So I'm going to judge you on a scale of blank out of blank Fredericks. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to give you, um, it's going to be kind of high. I'm going to give you like 10 out of 30 Fredericks. There were several mm. things that you did actually nail right on the head. The relationship between Emma and her young protege is, was pretty close. The fact that she was trying to hook up with a guy that wasn't right for her is close. Um, specifically the fact that she was actually interested in someone else that Emma looks down on. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. That's, so that that's was, correct. that's the, that's really the main part of maybe the first three quarters of the book. So like you, you kind of nailed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, you missed out on the cruelty thing, but we're going to save that because it's such a good scene in the book and in the adaptations that we would rather you be surprised. Yeah, I think. Any yeah. good adaptation is going to have a really good, that scene is going to fucking rule. The 2019 one is brutal. So I think I actually remember the clueless one and I, and I don't, I won't say what I remember. Like I do mm-hmm. want to experience it at some point, but like, I do remember being like gutted. Cause it's, it's like just a, one of those so- like, Oh, you can't believe that somebody as smart as she is would do that. But it's just because she doesn't have any consequences. She never experiences any consequences. So she's learning consequences in this book. And I think through your weird ass retelling, there's a little bit of that too. So I'm going to give you 10 out of 30. (laughs) Some version of that. That's maybe the highest score I've ever given anyone who's done this. Really? Yes. Do I get points for how fucking usually it's like two out of 6,000 because people have absolutely no idea. 
And you um, had some ideas. I had some ideas. I yeah. had some ideas. I had, I, there wasn't any golden, like, be better blanket moments, but like. I don't was... know. Back off is pretty good. <laughs> Back off is pretty good. Um, um, yeah. I, do I score two? Yeah, you can score on whatever scale you decide. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you. Um, let's see. I'm going to give you uh, zero out of three adjectives, but <laughs> um, actually, know what? Negative one out of three adjectives because you said quick and smart. <laughs> Those are two different things. Um, Those are two different things. And I then I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you um, uh, five out of 20 Jeremy Sistos for, um, for nailing some of the uh of the harriet smith slash ty slash ashley blue ladder storyline um but completely missing out on jane and frank churchill um and and not quite capitalizing on the um the golden butthole uh, i mean there are a lot of buttholes in the story and yeah. that's obviously chief butthole in my story yeah. but who's the other um, butthole You'll meet them. You'll okay. meet them. Um, cool. The the person that Emma wants to hook Ashley Blue Letter up with is a butthole, oh. and then a he funny marries of oh. he marries a true butthole. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like did, almost Miss Bennett level, Mrs. Bennett level butthole. Almost. He doesn't just he doesn't just resign himself to saying, "Oh well." <laughs> no, he, um, he has he had monetary goals in mind. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why he was excited that he thought Emma was coming on to him, which you also pegged, right? Yeah. Oh my God. How'd I do with Orange Top? Yeah. Pretty Not good even because- close. No, no Julie, does, come on. These two reactions are so good. He does kind of come in and go out of the story like that, though. That's real. Yes, uh, because sometimes no. he's gone and then he shows back up at the no, manor. There's he- the one time he's around all the time because he loves her but there is the one time when he thinks that she's gonna get together with the person she's gonna get together with where he hightails it to london because his heart hurts too much um there there's that he's a great romantic character but you know what he did get right was the the talking the barbing Mm. the kind of like poking at each other you did smart thing Mm -hmm. yes Mm um yeah is it you got some of it this was um this was this took some weird turns oh by the way the one that i i thought for sure you were gonna get like one slam dunk Hmm. i cannot believe that when asked directly to name the famous ashley blue ladder line from clueless you went with rolling with the homies which is a good virgin who can't drive was right there drive yeah, but dude, okay. I just I fell in love with the rolling with the homies moment. So that's my that's rolling my line. That's the, that's that's my line. Yeah, yeah, I can hear it. Mm. All yeah. right, good job though, dude. You kind of did it. Kind of nailed it. These are I like that this is a part of this process. I this very well. It's weird. funny for people, and it gets people primed because most of the people who would listen to this podcast anyway have probably already read Emma or definitely seen at least one of the adaptations. Yeah. So it always works better when the listener is somebody who's more familiar with the story and listening to your gymnastics trying to figure it out is the funny part. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Let's before I read our list of patrons, let's close with this. We are going to start with the 1996 Emma, which you have not seen, correct? Uh, yeah, no. I haven't seen any of them. And that's the Gwyneth one, right? Yes. Well, okay. I, see, you just gave it away, but yes. It's but the I mean, one. you already said that's that. Kind of famous, and we've talked about it. Okay. Before, yeah, right? yeah. Other than Gwyneth Paltrow, can you name any? Just tell me anyone else who's in that. No, movie? absolutely not. Not you, Julie. Janine. Uh, tell me. Ken- Kenneth Branagh. Great. Famously uh, appears in that, Emma. Who does he play? Uh, he plays Mr. Woodhouse. Ah, yes, yeah, of course. Because he's um, quite old in that, that by that point. Yeah, also, yeah, Keanu yeah. Reeves is in it. Ooh. Yeah. Do love we get this mixed up with Much Ado About Nothing? Yes. I love Keanu so much, guys. <laughs> but that, that Much Ado. Woo! All right.
Anyway. We watched that in my high school English class. That's what we did. Apologies. Maybe. The only thing that's really good about that much you do about nothing is fucking Michael Keaton is Dogberry. That is not true. There are other good things. First of all, how well, dare Emma you Thompson. say that? Emma Thompson. Our friend Dame Emma, please come on our show. <laughs> we'll eat his heart in the marketplace. That scene right. fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Also, I have lots of issues with Kenneth Branagh for understandable reasons. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. And yeah, he treated Emma Thompson like shit. And yeah, he seems like a real bloviator. And yeah, the campaign for Belfast is hilariously close to the campaign for Roma. Whatever, it's fine. I finally um, saw a commercial for Belfast last night, and you're right about that Roma comparison. It really you are very, right. You I are mean, it's right. Belfast, Roma, it's absurd. Um, I'm very much looking forward to see it. I hope Katrina gets an Oscar. But uh, he's good in that because he has this one line reading where he goes, love me why and it's burned into my brain that's so funny um <laughs> denzel is good denzel is good. well i mean Denzel's when is denzel good? bad denzel yeah. is always never good. um and 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 keanu running through the the like the tunnel and going i had forgotten that but i can hear it now that you do it i love it so much that was the point in keanu's career where he was trying to figure out what's his next what's his next move he had done bill and ted he wasn't doing matrix yet he was trying to figure it out keanu matrix allison have you seen the preview for the new matrix movie i did oh yeah we were there yeah fucking looks good looks interesting looks interesting all right well, I'm not sure which you're hearing next, uh, this or the imbibe wrap up, but regardless, the next time you hear us talking about Emma, we will begin our journey with the 1996 Emma starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Alan Cumming, um, lots of other good folks. Oh um, my God, that's great casting because I know exactly who he's playing, right? Yeah, <laughs> tell oh me, who's he playing, Julie? He's playing the the uh, priest, the, the vicar. El- yeah. yeah, whatever, Mr. Mr. Elton, that's his name, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, friend of the show, Amelia Bazell is obsessed with this Emma. So I don't know how often she's going to talk to us about this, but I but I promised her uh, that she would be involved um, because otherwise she might burn my apartment building down. Um, <laughs> just really, yeah, it's just uh, that's just the, them's the facts. Uh, in the meantime, you can listen to other episodes by visiting uh, Podlander uh, pod, pod Drunk Cat. Sick burn jet. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast and also at Sick Burn Jane. You can find us on Instagram at those places as well. Podlandercast, Podlander Present, Sick Burn Jane. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon where you can support the show, uh, which is so great and important and makes it possible for us to do dumb shit like this. Um, you can also get bonus episodes, early access, Slack, etc. We want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do this dumb shit, but we especially <laughs> want to thank, thank the following wonderful folks and i sort of wish that i could just give you all color last names but it would take too long Woof. um just brie blue letter Catspaw 156 <laughs> orange top maddie perkins <laughs> green shoes snazzy nash don't do it uh p- purple pants lisa Briand turquoise oh, dice roll i'm gonna go ahead and set my alarm for tomorrow morning yeah, yeah. no i'm done julia julia <laughs> kathleen martini lauren Tennant, kelsey kemp madison johnson emily day betsy english caitlin reddick ashley tegason Kristen freckle fury laura Colm, amelia bazell liz and tinkerbell stella welch tori Helgen, claire feeney rochelle lefever amanda heather robbins jerry hurdle emily carlson amy gustafson rachel townsend steph peterson kelly mizella Chantel salters mary the falling statue tara lucino viv pickles aka laura mary of the grapefruit jenna polkowski and Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Carol Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Julie Dutoit, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki. The um, Thank you all so much for allowing us to be idiots um, <laughs> in front of microphones. Uh, we will be back with more jokes about Pride and Prejudice and also um, lots of gushing about how good Alan Cumming is at, and at being an actor and also other things. Uh, so, bye! Bye! bye.